Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in today. If you need help keeping track, today is Thursday, December the 10th, 14 official days away from Christmas. So get your Christmas shopping in. Shop local, shop often. That's my quote for the year, the season, forever. But with us today, we're not talking about shopping. We are, unfortunately, we heard in the news yesterday that Ripley County is back in the red status category. So with us today is Dr. David Welsh. We're going to talk about that and all things COVID. How are you today, sir? I'm doing fine. How are you? I am good, thank you. Healthy and happy. That's all we can hope for in this year, I feel. Uh, that's a good goal to to, to have and, and to work towards. And um, with everybody's help, we can get the whole community to that goal. Absolutely. So last week, everyone was really, really excited. Last Wednesday, Ripley County was announced that they were in the orange category. And and so I think people, um, I hate to say it, but I feel like people loosened up already last week when they weren't supposed to. So first off, I think maybe there's confusion about what happens when a county turns a color. So maybe we could talk about that. Sure. So when a, when a county turns a color, so if they go from orange to red, the amount of restrictions uh, go up. Uh, and it makes sense that if, the, if you have more spread, if you have more cases, um, you need to kind of ratchet things down to, to try to stem the tide. Um, if you go from red to orange or orange to yellow, um, you have to be in that new metric uh, color for two weeks before the old restrictions go away. Um, so we were we were in orange, but we still had the restrictions uh, of red. Uh, unfortunately, we have uh, we've had some folks who who are not uh, playing as nice in the sandbox as we'd like. Um, we're still having individuals and groups uh, that are are doing a great job. The the schools are doing a great job, um, but some individuals at the schools. Um, while they're doing a great job at school, when they, when they get away from the school, they're kind of slipping. Um, and same thing with some of the factories. Some of the factories are doing a great job, but when people aren't at work, uh, they don't follow with the same rigor that they do um, at work, and, and that's um, that's presenting a, a problem. And sometimes it's, it's well-meaning, um, but we're learning more and more about COVID-19. There was just a study out from um, Korea, uh, showing that uh, it's a little bit easier to spread than than we thought. So it's just it's really important for folks to to practice the social distancing and the masking. And unfortunately, people still are arguing that masks don't help, but they do. And we've got plenty of studies that that show that that they help. There was a, a pictorial I saw that that uh, I think explains it best. It has a series of of Slices of Swiss cheese, and it and it's uh, kind of with you know those holes in Swiss cheese, right? Mm -hmm. And it just talks about it just kind of gives you a pictorial how when you do the multiple things that we know help, it's like trying to go through the Swiss cheese and and eventually it, it, it de with each layer of protection you decrease the spread. So. It's not just washing your hands. It's not just masking up. It's not just social distancing. But it's doing all those things. And unfortunately, there's it doesn't take much to um, 
to get the spread when even if folks are doing all the right thing. And I've got a number of cases recently where individuals were doing great. They were staying home. They were vulnerable. They were washing their hands. They were masking up. And then someone visits them, someone who wasn't being as careful. And then the, the one who was careful got COVID and ended up in the hospital. So, you know, individuals are, are doing the right thing. And it just, it just takes one person to kind of spoil the, spoil the brew, if you will. Um, you, some people probably, probably wonder why we're having some issues. And I think Dr. Box actually said it well yesterday when she's tired of this and people are getting tired. So they're kind of letting their guard down. Um, it's kind of like for my uh, friends who are sports fans, it's kind of like you got a lead. It's, it's, Two or three minutes to go in the game, you're like, oh, you know what? This we got this in the bag. We're we can we can let down our guard. And how many how many times haven't we seen a, a, a highly contested high school basketball game and and uh, uh, they kind of let the guard down and all of a sudden that that 10 12 point leads down and 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 they're even maybe flirting with overtime. So COVID is kind of the same thing where people have been doing great all. All game and all, and now they're like, oh, we got this one. We're 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 good to go. We don't have to be quite as as diligent about washing the hands or masking up, and and we really don't need to wear that mask over the nose, too, do we? Uh, of course, the answer is yes. So, as Dr. Box had said, uh, there's a we're seeing a light in the tunnel, and it's not the train coming the other way, but we're we have to get it get through the tunnel. Um, so we need to keep practicing things that we know work. And the other thing that's come to, to my attention is we have some folks who are, are not only not helping, but they're kind of fighting us. Um, we're having folks who are, or are having symptoms and not only refusing to get tested, but telling other people not to get tested. And that's just, you know, aggravating the situation. Hmm. You, you may choose for yourself not to do certain things, but, but the folks who are encouraging others to not get tested when they're, especially when they're symptomatic, and and to not stay home when they're waiting for that that uh, test result, um, they're just adding to the spread. Uh, we've actually had individuals who uh, we've uncovered um, had symptoms. They had enough symptoms. They thought I'm going to get a test, but then they continued to go out and about the community. Uh, which and then the test comes back positive. So that whole time they were out in the community, they were spreading the virus. And then folks who um, had symptoms were waiting on a test result, even had gatherings and parties. And then later, uh, when the test report got positive, even denied that they were either having a party or at the party. Um, and we're finding this out because other individuals are coming forward, like, oh yeah, there was a party. Yeah, there was a gathering. Uh, oh yeah. Um, these other people were there. Um, so you're not doing anybody a favor if you're having symptoms of uh, going out and and socializing. Uh, if you're sick enough that you feel it's warranted to have a test, you're not doing anybody any good going out and about and, and then spreading the virus. And certainly when you're positive, we really need to know where you've been and who you've been around because the people you're around are at risk. And they need it's it's just the right thing to do to let these people know. I mean, uh, if you're gathering with these folks, I would presume that they're your friends. And uh, I think you should make sure your friends are safe and that they can take proper precautions, 
watch for symptoms, uh, get tested if they, they feel they need to. And, and here's another thing to remind folks, um, we can have false negatives. And what we're having with some folks is, so uh, say Joe uh, finds he's positive, and before he found out he was positive, he, he went to a, a group of uh, a gathering of friends. And um, he goes and tells his friends like the right thing to do, but the friends like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get tested, and they rush out and get tested. Well, if they test too early, it, it could give a false negative. So if you're told by your friend that they were positive and you were with them yesterday or the day before, um, the best time to, to check is in day three to five after your exposure. Um, and certainly if you get a test and you're negative and then you develop symptoms, you, you may need to get checked again. So we need folks to be careful. And I know um, everyone's tired. I'm tired um, of, of this whole thing, but there, we have more work to do. We, we still have time. There's still time on the clock to get back to the game analogy, and we have to we have to play the full the full time of the game to, to get a win. We're going to take a short break, and when we return, we'll continue speaking with Dr. David Welsh with the Ripley County Health Department. And we're back. If you've just tuned in, we're speaking with Dr. David Welsh today, and we're speaking about Ripley County being back in the red category and vaccines. But there is good news. Yes. There is good news. We, we do have um, vaccines on the way. We uh, have one of the vaccines already being utilized at Great Britain, and there's going to be some distribution uh, anticipated within the next week or so at um, some of the local hospitals. Um, there is uh, an entire uh, game plan about uh, order of uh, who's going to get vaccinated and when. Um, and so there's going to be a first round between now and the end of the year. There'll be a, a next round just after the first of the year. And as further vaccines become available in the spring, there'll be more people being able to get um, vaccinated. Um, but even after, even if you've had COVID and you've recovered, even if you have, are vaccinated, uh, it's still encouraged that you mask up and social distance and uh, help prevent any any transmission. Um, the uh, the vaccine will help, and the vaccine is going to be really essential. Um, I know there's folks out there that that just want to quote unquote get it and get it over with, um, but there are deaths involved and there's there's long long-term consequences people have had it uh, the people who've had it and recovered and continue to have symptoms are called long haulers and there's a lot of consequences of that just just yesterday the cardiology department at uh, IU had a session an education session having looking at people who've had COVID and recovered and looking at their um, the adverse effect on their heart from the COVID, and they even had discussions about uh, young people who've had COVID and recovered who are athletes about getting them tested uh, to make sure that they've not been one of the people that's had their heart adversely affected from the COVID-19. So th this there's this has a lot of ramifications. It's not it's not getting like the flu and getting over it. There's some people who have less symptoms, and thank goodness that they're one of the lucky ones. But there's also people that have had it, uh, and months later continue to 
have fatigue, continue to have loss of taste and smell. Um, and I know this firsthand from friends, family, and colleagues who've had it. And I've, I've recently lost several colleagues um, to the COVID-19. So um, you, you're not going to get a sympathetic ear if you don't think of this as anything, um, just to, to let people know. But the vaccine is coming. <clears throat> it, is, it is being vetted very carefully. Um, there are a number of interested parties keeping an eye on how it's being rolled out and how it's being tested. Um, with my work at the AMA, I can tell you that they are watching closely because they're all about safety and quality and efficacy. Um, but the vaccine will help us get to where, uh, where we need to go to get over this. Fairbanks uh, School of Public Health at IU, uh, many are pro probably familiar, you've talked about this on your show before, where they've done the random testing across yes. the state. And um, they had a presentation just last evening with the State Medical Association uh, leadership. Um, and what they found is we are currently at 10.8% of uh, people who've had it in the state of Indiana but typically you need to get to 60 or 70% for um, to get any sort of herd immunity. They also talked about the deaths involved with COVID-19. They had a nice breakdown of the um, rate of infection and the rate of deaths by age group uh, that they presented last night. And with their work, uh, if we did not have the vaccine and we just relied on people getting um COVID-19 and getting um, having the consequences of it in order to reach that herd immunity, you, you would be talking about an additional 19,000 deaths in Indiana. Well, and I hear a lot so of naysayers the, that say, well, there's a 99% survival rate, so why do I even have to be worried about it, and why would I even want to bother getting a vaccine? What well, you I, I wouldn't, if, if you were a family or loved one who were, who were one of the folks who lost someone to COVID-19, I don't think you'd want to be having that conversation. Didn't have the vaccine, and and uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to be the one telling the family that, yeah, well, we helped spread the COVID because we just want to get it get it over with. And if it if it we didn't have the vaccine and it led to another nineteen thousand deaths in Indiana, I don't think you want to be responsible for that. And do you so think it's, do you think that's a, the flu. do you think that's a leftover effect from chickenpox? I mean, I think I feel like growing up that was what everyone was told. Just go ahead and get chickenpox and get it over with. <laughs> well, it's um, a lot of folks early on didn't think it was anything until they got it. They had a loved one get it or a neighbor got it, and they saw how devastating it could be. So um, there are naysayers and. Um, uh, there are folks that, that think they, they know more than the Dr. Fauci's out there, and, um, and people are, are, are welcome to their opinion. But we, we now have facts and we have data to back it up. And um, the information related by the uh, Fairbanks study was pretty convincing. I mean, I was a naysayer early on, but I got it early on. <laughs> I, was, I was still up to the week before I got sick, which was in early mid-March, I wasn't sure. I was young, and I just thought, well, I'm young and I'm healthy. I'll be fine. But, you know, I worried about older people in my family. But then right. I got it, not the older people. <laughs> and so right. um, it completely changed my mind, 100%, 200%. Well, I have uh, I, I have several family members who now have it, and um, 
and it's uh, very interesting watching the attitudes change as uh, individuals close to you um, get it and experience it and watch others that, that, that are dear, near and dear to their hearts get it and experience it. Um, and it just, um, I hope we can all work together to, to finish the game and, and continue to do those, uh, those things that we know works so that we don't have more people experiencing, um, the death and the, and the morbidity. And, and we, uh, hopefully we won't have more long haulers. That's the term for folks with re- residual, um, symptoms from the COVID-19. And, and we're still learning about some of these things. It was early on we didn't we didn't understand about the the effect on on young, on hearts even on young people. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I'm assuming um, it, it's probably not great information that's coming out about that, right? Uh, correct. So um, there are actually recommendations if, if people have have had it um, and they are involved with strenuous physical activity, you know, such as, you know, uh, certain sports, uh, they really should get an evaluation. Um, much like we get what we call cardiac clearance before major operations for people um, that with their age or their medical problems might, you know, might have a cardiac risk. You know, we want to make sure their heart's strong enough to handle the, handle the surgery. Some folks who have COVID, there's indications now that they may need to be considered for a cardiac clearance before getting back on the, the practice court. Well, and I have to ask you, so Governor Holcomb yesterday in his meeting, you know, announced that his new order says that hospital procedures that are elective um, are being postponed now. And I have to think as a surgeon yourself, that is a serious thing, right? It is. It is um, very serious because, um, there's a lot of folks who need who need things done now. Um, emergencies are, are going to be done, like you know, you come in with your um, your bad appendicitis or your, your perforated bowel. Um, but the, there's there's uh, the, the hospitals are filling up, but both locally and in the city, and so it's going to be harder to deal with those emergencies. In order to try to help with that, there's some there's some elective cases. That after the surgery, um, people end up in the hospital for several days. Um, several days, you mean sometimes several weeks, depending on the procedure. And if if it's uh, if it's an elective procedure, uh, and they require hosp- inpatient hospitalization after the procedure, those are on hold now. So this is another um, ramification of the spread of the COVID-19. So there's there's folks that that really would benefit from that surgery, they wouldn't be having it, and now they're going to be postponed. Um, we've got folks who are afraid to go to the hospital because of, of the spread, and and we want to make sure that in the spring we saw people who stayed away and when they're having their chest pain, when they're having their belly pain, it was appendicitis, and we still need to make sure we can accommodate those folks with their urgent and emergent health needs. So one of the best ways we can do that is we can go back to what mom taught us. Wash your hands, cover your mouth, stay home if sick, mask up, socially distance, so we can stop the spread. So people who need those procedures, the people who need that hospital bed, 
are going to be better able. It's going to, we're going to have that bed available for them. We're going to have that service more readily available for them. So um, COVID effect is real, and there's ramifications that go beyond just you getting it or your next-door neighbor getting it. It's affecting the person down the street who's having a heart attack or who needs to have that knee replaced or that hip replaced. Otherwise, they're having trouble just getting going out and getting their mail. Absolutely. So if you had one Christmas wish this season, what would it be for your community? That we show how, how much we care about one another and we care about our community and do what mom taught us and stick to those things, those basic things that, that help. And if you are positive, heaven forbid, that you help us with the contract tracing so we, we know who's, who's at risk so we can stop the spread. If, if we just need you to be honest and forthright, if, you're, if, you're, if you went to a party, you know, two days before you had symptoms, that's okay. You know, we're not, we're not saying you shouldn't have had a party when you were feeling okay. But we need to know, you know, that you were there and who was there so that we can warn them so that um, if you were at a party today and you were with your friend Joe and you find out in three days that you had COVID, uh, we need to let Joe know that he's been exposed so that he doesn't go visit his grandma and give it to his grandma. That's just that's just the right thing to do. And, and, of course, I think you'd feel bad if you found out that you gave it to Joe and Joe gave it to his grandmother and his grandmother got deathly sick. That's what contact tracing is all about. Yeah, and certainly, certainly do not – I would also wish that people not encourage folks to avoid testing. We've had individuals um, – reports and complaints of people, people in some leadership positions, and I won't tell you where, but uh, to call them out, but – telling people, oh, you shouldn't test because it could affect what they want to do. And that's just the wrong thing to do. And that's that's counterproductive. And it's, it's hurting the community. It's not helping. So I would just ask folks to do the basics. And if, heaven forbid, you get it, help us alert those that you are around, those that you uh, assume care about, so that they don't don't get it or spread it to their loved ones and we can get through this. And then when, when the vaccine gets, gets rolling out, uh, I'd love to have a, a further conversation with you and your listeners about uh, expectations for that. Um, for a lot of folks who are not in healthcare or first responders or at risk people in nursing homes, um, they won't be uh, even in line to get it till uh, probably March or April. So those folks uh, who are uh, who are worried about should I get it or not, you've got some time to see others get it and, and watch their response. So I, I, at this point in time, um, I'm I'm thrilled that the the vaccine is coming out. I'm I'm very ecstatic about the safety numbers that I'm seeing on those um, and the people I'm talking to at the CDC and the AMA and the State Department of Health. So I think it is going to be a game changer, um, and the um, I, I think we can get through this. We just we just need everybody to pull together, just like um, getting back to the game analogy. We need the whole team to to finish the game. Well, that's a great way to wrap it up for sure. 
We need everybody to pull together and finish the game.